0: In the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit and God, Amen. May the Lord bestow upon us His grace and His blessing, now and ever to the ages of all ages, Amen. As we heard the Gospel reading according to St. Luke chapter 7, which is the fourth Sunday of the second month of the Coptic year, and we see a great work that our Lord is doing and working in this small city of Nine. This city, which was about 25 to 30 miles away from the city of Capernaum, the city where our Lord did many of His great works and where His disciples were called. After He did a great work mentioned in the Gospel of Luke, He took this journey, which was about one day long, to a small city of naik And because of all the works that our Lord was doing, there was a company of people that was following Him as mentioned in this Gospel. And they were rejoicing and meditating on the great work which they had seen the Lord do in, in the beginning of his ministry. But when they reach the gate of the city of Nain, they find another company that is coming in the opposite direction. And this company is not rejoicing. This company, this, this group of people did not have uh, the celebration of faith, but on the opposite were mourning and were grieving over the loss of this young man. And we see the two processions meet in a very dynamic way. And you'll notice that it's only recorded that the Lord said two sentences, only two instructions that were given, which we will speak about. But as we see these companies joining together, as some of the fathers recall, that this is the work of humanity, that God is coming from heaven in glory to meet us and humanity at the gate of life and he is coming to have a clear work for us after the fall that there was uh, humanity was in sickness was in death was in despair was in grief and was in mourning there's a lot of ignorance there are a lot of questions that were being asked why did this happen are we being punished by God Is there God Himself? Where is He? All of these questions which humanity is asking on one side And the others, the angels and the saints in the company with the Lord are asking What is He going to do? And how is He going to do it? And what is going to happen? So the question even is is this declaration What will happen in this encounter? Every day we face death We face difficulties We face sicknesses and we face many atrocities that we cannot explain. As you have heard in this week, the church also had to grieve over the departure and the sudden killing of seven of its faithful. And this is not new for us, but we are at the same gate when we are asking on one side why did this happen? How come there can't be uh, justice? How come there can't be protection? How come this can't be avoided? And on the other side with the Lord, there was a celebration for the martyrs being offered. And as we know in the church, just in the most recent history, whenever there are martyrs that are offered in the name of the Lord, that means that there is a great gain that is coming to the church. And there's a, a great witness that the church has to me. And there is growth, not weakness. There is strength and and hope, not despair. This is what we have seen in the modern time. Through the power of the Lord, the second procession was able to stop and overcome the first. There is victory in the hand of the Lord. And when we meditate just (coughs) on the few things that the Lord did in this time. The first thing that he did that's mentioned that he had compassion on her. This word is only used a couple times in the gospel. And it's a very powerful word. Because it's not just an emotional sympathy of someone who is suffering. This compassion of God is what moves the mountains and what stops the universe. It's the compassion of God which he understood. Because this widow who had the only son, was a reflection of the Holy Virgin Mary, who also was a widow, and also had a son, and also was giving him up for the salvation of the others. So the compassion that moved the Lord is related to the compassion of salvation. And that's why, as you heard, this, this word was also used in the epistles before, to teach us that when we face difficulty, and death, and, and struggles, that we need to understand who is God very clearly. Because if we don't know that He is compassionate, that He is merciful, that He is powerful, that He is life-giving, then we will not be able to overcome the difficulties that we face. The most important thing is our vision of who God is and our understanding of Him. Because if we lose sight of that, then of course we will remain uh, in grief. The strange thing is mentioned in the gospel that he presented him to his mother as if, almost, if she was grieving so much, she was not aware of what was happening in this procession. Just like Mary Magdalene in the time of the resurrection, the Lord is standing before her and her eyes still cannot see. Because her eyes are weeping and some say it's just because of the tears, And others say, of the fathers, that's because of the lack of faith, she could not recognize the Lord. She didn't have the eyes of the resurrection. She had the eyes of humanity that was suffering and greed. So the first thing which the Lord is teaching us to understand who He is. And when we meditate in our life on the compassion of the Lord, this is a powerful transformation that takes place in our life. How many times do we think of how God loves us, cares for us, and works in our life. And we recall how many things that he has done day after day in our life. This is the power of compassion and how he is able to transform. The second thing, which was that he touched the coffin. And the touching of the coffin is just not, uh, uh, like as you mentioned, a touch and, and to leave. In the Greek, it is a powerful seizing of the coffin. That he is going to overpower. Of course, you know, in the Hebrew tradition, for anyone to touch the coffin or someone who was dead, they were able, they were limited from worshiping uh, in the, the tabernacle and from being in the company of, of uh, the others. They were excluded. And they had many rules and regulations against this. So, this was a surprise for the company, both companies because the ones who carry the coffin are designated and they have special uh, way that they do this and the rest are very careful not to touch the death and the ones who are coming with the Lord that were still rejoicing also were surprised how can he do this so the seizing of the coffin is how God takes hold of our life if we just meditate on the Lord and how gracious He is without the interaction with Him then we will still remain limited we will still be in grief we will still be mourning because it needs that experience with the Lord and many times we speak of Him but yet we don't hear Him many times we speak about Him but we don't interact with Him many times we are doing many things in the church And yet, we don't have the experience with Him. We don't have the testimony with Him. Because we are distracted with many things. This is an age of distraction. We're not just the people outside, but the people inside. Sometimes we do many things, and we take communion many times, and we hear many things in the scriptures, many sermons, and yet we find our life is the same. Because this experience, as St. Cyril of Alexandria says, don't leave through the door of the church unless we have taken hold of the joy of Christ. That we come, I think I mentioned last time when I came, a while ago, that we come to the church weeping, we come to the chur- church with kriya have mercy on us. We have no helper in our afflictions and necessities, but you as we open the altar, we're saying, have mercy on us. But by the end, when we're closing the altar, it's Hallelujah. It's the glory be to God. Look saucy this. This is what is the transformation that happens in every divine liturgy, And every time we open the gospel. Every time we encounter him. And for us to do that we need to allow him to take hold of our life. To transform what our decisions, what our thoughts, what our words, what our deeds are. And if we have this daily encounter with the Lord... Our life will be always changing each day. And then you will notice this because your joy and your work is increasing. What your, your work, your witness to the Christian life is increasing. Like the candle that is ever growing. That's the, the seizing hold of the cup. The third thing, which is the command of the Lord, the message of the Lord. And as I said, he only said two statements. He only spoke to the woman, and He spoke to the young man. And it wasn't the same message. Because God gives us a clear and powerful message in our lives, but it's unique for us. He has the general call of salvation, which all heard, But when He speaks, he He is very intentional, and He is very precise. And for us to live this life of the resurrection, and to experience the joy of, of being Christian, we have to recognize what is that personal, direct message for us. He speaks many times in the gospels, and the, the evangelist had collected all the messages that the Lord had spoke for us. not every single message, as he said, as in the end of the Gospel of St. John, that we couldn't record, all the events or all the things that He said. This was just a selection but in our life there is a clear and direct message that God is asking for us for the woman he says do not weep and it's in the present tense as if not a continuous because he says weep with those who weep and there is a time for mourning there is a time for grief but he said right now is not the time for weeping because this is the time when she stops and thinks nobody else we can't approach someone who is grieving in this state nobody else told her not to grieve She was surprised in the beginning. But he he was telling her, you have the power to overcome this grief because I have the power to overcome death. And as she was thinking of how this is going to take place, he provided the solution. And then she understood what his words meant. So the rest of her life, whenever she went to a funeral, whenever she had to confront death, she remembered his words. Do not weep. Do not weep now. And she began to preach to all of those people who are grieving the work of the Lord and how He is the resurrection and the life. This is a powerful witness. I wish anyone in the city to meet her or for us to hear about her. That's why we don't know her name. Like the Samaritan woman. It's not revealed to us her her name. Because the, the work, as even the fathers say, she represents the soul the soul who is receiving that gift and grace from each one of us, not to weep. For the young man, as the Lord tells him, he says, I say to you, arise. It's a longer sentence, but really it's one word, the resurrection. I remember one of the priests uh, was telling us when he was younger many years ago, maybe 60, 70 years ago, uh, one of his friends, he was 8 years old, and one of his friends uh, had died suddenly. And they did the, prayed the funeral. And they were on the way to bury him. And as they are on the way to bury him. They found him uh, rising from the coffin. And this, this priest told us. For us where we think. Going to bury my friend. And in a, sh- in a few seconds. We put down the coffin. He gets up. And we leave rejoicing. And he said in my life. He's... Uh, many years ago, that transformation it understands for us what is our life. We are living in an age where many people are walking as dead men, without the vision of life, without the hope of glory, without the understanding of the knowledge of salvation. But what we need is that transformation in our life when God is telling us to arise. Arise from your weakness. Arise from your slumber. Arise from despair. Arise from the past and move to the future. And what the world needs is very powerful Christian witnesses that testify to the love and the joy and life that is in it, our Lord Jesus Christ. And this powerful witness is it doesn't need many words. As you see, it's one of the short gospel readings that we will hear there's time coming when we have soon extensive few verses because the, the story of the gospel is here very powerful in few words and for us to understand this, this, this gift that God came to the world to save the world not to condemn so that we as Christians following him will continue in the same message how to give the message of hope to those who are in despair how to communicate the message of life to those who are grieving. How to be messengers of joy for a world that is continually getting sadder and sadder. This is our testimony. This is our responsibility. <clears throat> because in the final day, when we will come to be judged and the Lord will judge the living and the dead, this is the basis by which He will ask How did you live your Christian life? Were you in a, a, arisen as this young man, or were you on the way out of the city and to be buried? Were you those who are carrying the message of hope to to the others, or were you discouraging them with uh, other maybe past experiences? This this work that we have. Is a great testimony may the lord provide for us this perfect christian witness and allow us to understand with the martyrs the, the resurrection the joy and the power that he has done in our church glory be to him now and ever into the ages of the ages <laughs>